Hello, my name is Tom Longano, and this is Boy Stories. Welcome back to the podcast. We got an awesome episode for you today with a great story. Um, one of my favorite stories. I know that I say that a lot, but this one is one of my favorite stories. This is called Frogman, and it actually originated from a story that I used to tell um, around bonfires and so on with my students about Frogman, which was a sort of half-man, half-frog, I think former teacher, but I'm not sure, I don't totally remember, that would crawl out of a drainage ditch um, in a field next to the classrooms and gobble up students who misbehaved. That was Frogman, and for whatever reason, the students loved it, so they always want to hear about Frogman. Um, and then I put Frogman into a story with uh, Leo and the boys, and you are about to hear that story. But before you do, very exciting announcement. So it is now July, um, and we have a very special thing going on in July, and this is the Boy Stories Writing Contest. The first time we've ever done this. I'm really excited about it. I was actually contacted by a... Um, a family that is that are all Boy Stories fans. These are the uh, the Andersons in Wisconsin, and they said, "Would we be able to sponsor a Boy Stories writing contest?" And I said, "That's a fantastic idea." And so we went back and forth, and we have this contest that we are starting, and we are so excited to share. It's going to be for the entire month of July, and here's what's going to happen. If you are a boy between the ages of, between the ages, between the grades going, and this is a rising grade, so like in the 2021-2022 school year, if you will be in second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, or even eighth grade, so from second to eighth grade, you can submit a short story to the podcast for your chance to win. And there will be a winner in every grade. And the winner will get a small cash prize in the form of an Amazon gift card and also the opportunity to have their story read aloud on the podcast to a nationwide audience of boys. Very exciting stuff. That is this July, the Boy Stories Contest. And we'll talk a little bit more about it after the story. I'm going to jump into Frogman, but this is just telling you. The Boy Stories Podcast this July the uh, submissions are open right now as soon as this podcast goes up the submissions are open now you can find the page to submit your stories you can find the page on the description of this podcast episode or you can go to tomlongano.com slash writing contest that's right boy stories writing contest you can write your own short story you can use characters from the books you can use Jeffrey, Albert, Leo, your favorite characters, and write those funny stories that are in your imagination that you have about them, or use your own characters, and then send them in. And then maybe win the prize and get your story read on the podcast. You know, if you use the podcast characters, I will use voices. Um, and you can hear your stories performed with the actual characters. I think that's pretty cool. Anyway, I thought this was an awesome idea, so thank you very much to the Anderson family, um, and we are going to jump in the story, but again, I think Leo's coming on the podcast today, and we'll we'll chat a little bit more about some of the 
some of the rules and some some more about like how to write the stories and and so on later on right now let's hear leo tell us a story with frogman is that a good way to start the story i'll try again <clears throat> with frogman frogman there's no there's no like cool way to say frogman <laughs> frogman here comes the frogman all right the story today that this week this is the last one story this week is frogman <laughs> sounds so all right the story this week is frogman oh gosh that still didn't work you know what i didn't even mention green book of stories is coming out and i have a date for that can't share the date but it's coming and it's exciting so yeah there's a lot of exciting stuff this summer i hope you're having a great summer i'm having a great summer the story this week is bump a dum frogman Leo's name filled the clearing. The Boy Scouts wanted a scary story, and everyone knew Leo's stories were the best. The chanting rose louder and louder, until even Greg joined in. Finally, Leo relented and climbed the stump. Silence fell as he stared down at his fellow scouts with serious eyes. This story, he said, is completely true. It happened exactly as I'm about to say, and I know this because I know the boy it happened to. His name was Frankie, and he was my friend. Leo had a way with words. The scouts sat with upturned faces, captivated. The stump was just beyond the comfort of the campfire. Leo stood in the half-orange light of the flames, his silhouette wreathed in shadow. Frankie went camping on the river one weekend in early fall, he continued, at this exact time of year. He and his dad found a spot right next to the water, just like this one. His dad set up his own tent a little bit away so he could get sleep while the boys talked and told stories, just like Greg's dad did tonight. Except Frankie didn't have friends to tell stories to because he was alone. He thought it was cool to be far away from his house, from his neighborhood, from civilization. But what he didn't think about was that from this distance, no one could hear him scream. Jeffrey sat closest to the stump, attention fixed on Leo. Porge nudged him aside, trying to get closer to the fire so he could roast his sixth marshmallow. Then, in the middle of the night, Leo said softly, while the owls hooted, just like they are hooting now. I don't hear owls. Greg was shushed by four voices at once. Don't interrupt, said Jake. Be quiet, Jake. You interrupted my hunting story like seven times, and all I'm saying is I don't hear owls. That's because you aren't listening well enough, said Leo darkly. They are there, watching, and hooting. Trust me. Jeffrey, who had taken the opportunity of this pause to grab his sleeping bag from the tent, now wrapped it around himself and shivered. He exchanged glances with Porge, whose cheeks were full of marshmallow. While the owls hooted, Leo went on, 
Frankie's dad realized he had forgotten something at home. Something he needed really, really badly. So he left Frankie alone and went all the way back to get it. What was it? Greg, if you talk again, I will stop telling this story. No, said Jeffrey. What happened to Frankie? I'm trying to tell you, said Leo. Except Greg keeps interrupting. I just want to know, said Greg, what made the dad leave Frankie by himself. That guy's definitely not a hunter. If he was, he would have never left Frankie alone. Actually, he was a hunter, snapped Leo. And he did leave Frankie alone anyway. Because Frankie had his dad's shotgun, so he wasn't afraid. Leo paused, took a breath, then continued slower. But he should have been. The owls continued to hoot just like they are hooting now, even though Greg doesn't have good enough ears to hear. And, more importantly, the frogs croaked. Jeffrey couldn't hear the owls, but he could definitely hear the frogs. Their croaking filled the woods, especially so close to the river. A whole chorus of croaking, Leo continued, croaking so loud that Frankie couldn't sleep. He sat outside his tent with his gun and waited for his dad. But the croaking just got louder. So loud he couldn't hear anything else. It sounded like there were a hundred tiny frogs sitting inside his ears, croaking louder and louder until all at once it stopped. Everything was silent. Not even a little rustle of a leaf. Then Frankie heard another noise, a deep plop. Something moved in the river, something big. Frankie cocked his gun. Was it loaded? Greg, are you serious? Said Jake. He's wooing it, moaned Porge. I want to know whether it was loaded, that's all. I just want to know. Makes a big difference, because sometimes you cock a gun, but it's not loaded. And I want to know how much ammunition he has. What caliber was the shotgun, Leo? Are we talking like a twenty-six gauge? Greg, said Leo. This is very serious for me. As someone who personally knew Frankie and what happened to him, it's hard for me to tell this story, especially with you interrupting every 30 seconds. Please, out of respect for Frankie's memory, just shut up. Frankie's memory? Jeffrey squeaked. The boys edged closer to the fire and to each other. Leo looked at Jeffrey with deep sadness and gravity. Then he took a breath. And continued. Yes, it was loaded, and it had a 16-caliber gauge, and they had two packs of ammunition in the tent. Frankie knew this. He pointed the gun at the river, where the noise came from, and then he listened. There was a gurgling sound, then a huge plop, like the river had just swallowed something enormous. Frankie put his finger on the trigger, but didn't shoot. Not yet. He wanted a clear sight. Then he heard a sound so soft he thought it was just his breath, but it went on, even when he stopped breathing to listen. It was the smallest, little, slithering noise, like a snake sliding over a rock, slowly, carefully. Then, something grabbed his ankle. Ah! Leo screamed for effect. The boys jumped. 
Leo spoke in quick bursts, getting louder and louder. Frankie looked down and saw something big and blotchy and dark purplish vomit green that was wrapped around his leg. It felt sticky like a warm lollipop. He smacked it with his hand, and his hand stuck. He screamed louder. Then he got to his feet and ripped his hand away, taking a bunch of skin with it, and grabbed the gun and shot. Bang! Leo paused, collected himself. The sound of the gunshot echoed through the trees, he continued, and across the water. Frankie yelled in pain. The big, sticky worm thing was gone. But he had shot his own toe. Which one? said Greg. His pinky toe. He shot it clean off. He hopped on one foot and looked all around and saw nothing. No sign of the big grabbing worm thing, only a slimy trail leading back to the river. Then he heard another plop. Frankie cocked the gun, and quick, he shot it again, right at the dark water. Bang! Again it echoed all around the trees. Silence. Leo quieted and let this moment sink in. A minute passed, he said softly. Then another. Frankie listened, just listened. He was standing on one leg with sweat pouring down his face. And blood, added Greg. There was no blood on Frankie's face, said Leo flatly. No, like blood coming from the hole in his foot, Greg said. You know, where the toe used to be. Greg, who's telling the story? You or me? But if he shot his toe off, all I'm saying is there would have been like a lot of gushing. Of course there was blood. Lots of blood and pain, Greg. But it's hard to think about blood when there's something coming for you in the river and you're all alone in the dark with only a shotgun to protect you. And something just grabbed you like two seconds ago, okay? What's coming for for Frankie? Whispered Jeffrey, hardly daring to speak. He didn't want to know the answer. But he needed to know. Frankie stood, looking all around him in the gloom, Leo went on, and he tried not to think about the little fountain of blood coming out of his foot. Then he heard the same soft slither. The thing was coming back. Frankie lifted a shaking hand to load the gun. No ammo. So he reached into the tent pocket that had all the ammo, but it was gone. All gone. That's what his dad had gone back to get, the extra ammo. Frankie was defenseless. The slithering was closer just outside the tent. Frankie groped around until his fingers found a knife. His dad's knife they used to cut the meat. Just then something shot through the tent and grabbed his ankle. Frankie stabbed and what kind of knife was it? Like a pocket knife? Or more like a Deer Hunter Trail Fighter 3rd Edition? My dad has one of those. It's like not that big, but super sharp. About six inches long. It's got perforated edges. If anyone has a knife, announced Jake, I will reenact the story for them right here, right now. I will be Frankie. Greg can be the worm thing. No one laughed at Jake's joke. They wanted the story. Leo cleared his throat. It was a short knife, Greg, he said, about this long, 
He held his thumb and pointer finger four inches apart. It was not meant for self-defense. That's why you always camp with a real genuine hunting knife, Greg informed the other scouts. Frankie's dad was definitely not a hunter. Frankie stabbed with the knife, Leo said, ignoring Greg, but he missed because the slimy thing yanked him off balance. It was around his ankle and was sticky and strong and stank like old garbage or Greg's socks. Frankie was dragged out of the tent toward the water. He screamed and stabbed with the knife into the ground, trying to slow down whatever was pulling him. It twisted and yanked, threw him up and down and back and forth. But Frankie held on to the hilt of the knife with both hands. Then the yanking stopped. The worm thing crept up his leg. It was all sticky and gross. Now it had both his legs and his waist. He could hardly breathe because of the smell. Now it was at his stomach. Frankie had to act, to act fast, before it strangled him and crushed all his bones. He yanked the knife out of the ground, held it with both hands in front of him with the point inward, then stabbed, stabbed right at his own gut. He sank the blade deep into the worm thing, wiggled it around. The entire thing shook. Then it whipped off him and disappeared. Frankie fell on his hands and knees, free, grasping for breath. The knife was still stuck in the worm thing, so it disappeared too. He had no weapon. He tried to call for help, but his lungs were crushed from the worm squeezing them, so he couldn't make a sound. Only a harsh croak in the back of his throat, like a frog. Everything was silent. The only croak came from Frankie himself. Then came a gigantic plop, way bigger than before. And this plop didn't end. It kept going. And Frankie realized something was coming out of the water, dragging itself out of the water. Something huge, making a ginormous vacuum suction sound. Frankie tried to crawl back to the tent, pulling himself with one hand, then another. He heard a thud behind him, like two giant footsteps at once. Then another thud. Something was coming toward him. Another thud. Trees shook. Frankie couldn't make it to the tent. He turned back. A huge, giant, enormous shadow loomed over him. Then it hopped. The ground trembled. Eyes bulged out on either side of its head, red as fire but glassy and empty like marbles. Each one as big as Frankie's face. Frankie saw the purplish worm thing flopping at his feet, twisting like it was in pain. That was the tongue. Frankie screamed. Again, Leo screamed for effect, this time louder, thinner, and longer. Jeffrey wondered how Frankie could scream now, out of terror, when he could only croak earlier for help because of his crushed lungs. But he knew better than to ask Leo and break the silence that followed those screams. Even Greg held his breath. When Frankie's father came back, Leo finished slowly. 
All he found was Frankie's pinky toe, the one that got shot off. Afterwards, there was an investigation. They had park rangers, police detectives, FBI, but they found nothing. Only a set of humongous footprints. Leo held his arms as far apart as he could to indicate that they were even bigger than he could show. Footprints of webbed feet going from the river to the camp in sets of two, then back to the river again, and a sticky substance around the tent and grass, like everything had been licked. Frankie was never seen again. Silence descended on the clearing. Silence, except for the croaking of frogs. To the boys, those croaks were deafening. What was that thing? asked Porge in a hushed voice, as if not wanting to disturb the frogs. They call it Frogman, Leo answered. There have been other sightings, other mysterious disappearances, but no one has ever found it. Ever. How do you know all about what happened to Frankie, wondered Jake, if no one saw him again? Because of the FBI investigation, explained Leo, they extrapolate the story from the clues. It's what the FBI does. No one knew what extrapolate meant, so they nodded, impressed with Leo's general knowledge about the world. Then Greg spoke. If Frogman comes tonight, he said, I'll kill him. I'll kill him for Frankie. Leo looked at Greg with pity. Greg, he said. If Frogman came tonight, none of us would live to tell the tale. Especially not you. You would be first to get snatched and gobbled up because you have to sleep at the entrance to the tent. They had decided tent placement at dinner before the scoutmaster had gone to bed. Greg was chosen to sleep closest to the opening because of his socks. Porge declared that the others must now take him home. He was done with camping and could not sleep by the river in obvious mortal peril with Frogman at large. But no one responded. The croaking continued. They had to pee in twos. Soon, even Leo began to look afraid. Whenever there was a break in the croaking, the boys held their breath and stared at one another, not looking at the dark water for fear of what they might see. The brave watchers dropped one by one, until the only scout outside the tent was Jeffrey, sitting with knees tucked beneath his arms, listening. The others slept soundly. Porge was snoring. Jeffrey considered whether being a Boy Scout was worth it after all. He knew there would be adventure, sure, this is what he signed up for. Yet he had never expected such terrible danger. He had lived a good ten years, but he'd hoped for more. At least twenty more. A single tear slid from the corner of his eye. To die out here, in this wild and unforgiving land, all alone. The thought was horrible. And the pain, the excruciating pain that would come from being strangled, gobbled down, dragged under water to Frogman's lair, where untold horrors waited. But Jeffrey was not alone. He would die here with his friends. They would die for boys everywhere and for the noble cause of scouting. That's what it was to be a Boy Scout. 
He would die for Frankie. And he would die for freedom. Like George Washington died for freedom during the Civil War when the German Nazis tried to stop Abraham Lincoln from ending slavery. Jeffrey paused. If he'd known life was so short, he probably would have listened more during history class. He wondered what country the Germans were from and why they hated the U.S. Constitution. Recently, they learned about how Egyptian slaves had built giant pyramids. Jeffrey wondered if Egyptian slaves still built pyramids or if Abraham Lincoln had traveled there and made them stop too. Then Jeffrey started really crying. He would never see the pyramids. He stopped mid-sob, taken by a sudden thought. Leo knew about Frogman, yet Leo had come on this camping trip and said nothing. He had willingly led them to their deaths. Jeffrey thought about this for a long time, speculating on Leo's motives. Then, finally, he could stand it no longer. He entered the tent and shook Leo awake. Leo! Jeffrey hissed. Leo! I need to talk to you now. They crawled out the tent so they wouldn't disturb the others. Leo shivered in the cold. He asked what the emergency was. Jeffrey explained that he thought it was a terrible thing for a fellow scout to do, allowing them to enter grave danger without any warning. He told Leo he didn't want to die yet. He hadn't even seen the pyramids. Grumpy and half asleep, Leo told Jeffrey that Frogman didn't exist. He made it all up. Actually, he'd made it up while standing on the stump. And Jeffrey could see pyramids whenever he liked, provided he stopped being such a scaredy-cat baby. With that, Leo went back to sleep. Jeffrey took this rather well. He gulped deep breaths of nighttime air and thought about how good it was to be alive. The croaking was no longer ominous and threatening. It was almost cheerful. Jeffrey crawled into the tent and curled up in his sleeping bag, then had a happy dream in which Abraham Lincoln led a crowd of excited frogs away from a half-finished pyramid. All right, so we have today Leo with us. Leo, you want to say hi to the podcast listeners? Hello. Hello to everyone who's listening to the podcast. And thank you for listening to my amazing story. Yeah, Leo's very proud of himself for the Frogman story. I think that was a great story, Leo. Uh, A lot of people seem to like it. Jeffrey seemed to be terrified by it. Um, Well, Jeffrey gets terrified by a lot of things. Yeah, apparently. Um, But before we jump into talking about Frogman, I do want to mention this awesome boy stories writing contest that we are running right now in july and i have here um a little bit of a description so i'm going to read the description um this was provided me by the anderson family who are so generously sponsoring our contest uh and then we're going to talk a little bit about that how's that sound leo sounds pretty good yeah yeah it does okay So, there's a new Boy Stories competition for writers from 2nd to 8th grades with real prizes. Do you think about the Boy Stories characters day and night? Well, this is your chance to invent your own adventure for Greg, Leo, Porge, Timmy, Albert, Jake, and the boys. Or perhaps you have a Boy Story about the 4th graders. Or your own friends. Or made-up characters. 
If you find writing as difficult as Albert, things might change when you're telling a story about a hilarious problem that your characters need to figure out. The deadline to submit on the Tom Longano webpage, that's TomLongano.com, is Saturday, July 31st. So you have all of July to write your short story. And the winners will be announced on the August 11th Boy Stories podcast. Be sure to check the website for how to enter the competition. And be sure to check the guidelines for things like word limit and prize information. So there is a page on the website that has all the guidelines. This is the writing contest tab. The link to it will be in the description for this podcast episode. Uh, and you can find all the rules for how to how to write your own your own story. And maybe it's going to be a story about Porge and Leo and Jeffrey and the boys. Or maybe it's going to be your own Frogman story, right? I was actually talking to someone months back who was telling me about that he liked the Frogman story. And he, he said he wanted to write Canary Man. Or actually, I think he said I should write Canary Man. And I said, why don't you write Canary Man? Because I'm probably not going to write that. But anyway, he had this great, maybe you have a cool superhero story or you have some story. Anyway, whatever is in your mind and you want to write an awesome story, you can sit down, write it out, and then submit it on the website Boy Stories Contest Writing page. Okay? Sounds pretty easy. Sounds pretty cool. Want some extra Amazon cash and to have your story read aloud on the podcast, write a great story. There you go. I'm really excited to hear about, uh, I'm really excited to read the stories that, that come in. Honestly, this is, this is going to be a lot of fun. Do I get to read the stories? No, you, well, you're, I mean, you can submit a story. Well, if I submitted a story, I would definitely win. No, I don't know if you'd win Leo. Um, I'm sure we're going to get a range of talent. And, you know, if we're getting rising 8th graders, they'll be older than you. So it's very possible that they'll have better stories than you could write. Well, I <clears throat> let's be real. I am an amazing writer. I'm one of the best writers that there is. I wrote Frogman. Well, I mean, I wrote Frogman. What do you mean? Well, I, uh, never mind. You're right. Okay, you wrote Frogman, and that was good, and people really liked that. Let's, let's. So, how about this? I actually asked Leo. I'm telling the podcast now. I know, uh, but I, I, I'm telling the podcast now. I asked Leo to write um, some suggestions on our Boy Stories Writing Contest page on TomLagano.com for how to write a good story. Because you know, if you sit there and you're like, "Oh, it's great, I'll write a story," and then you, you know, type out like, "Once upon a time there was a little boy, and he liked to dance." The end, and that's your story. Probably not going to win the contest, right? So, so I asked Leo to give us some advice um, for you know how to how to write a great story that can win a contest. Okay. Yes, you did. And by the way, the fact that you asked me for advice shows again that I'm an amazing storyteller. Okay, amazing. Yeah, you're. Yeah, I would say you're a pretty good. Leo, the reason you're a good storyteller, by the way, I think, is because you read a lot of books, right? I do. I do read a lot of books. Yeah, you're a very imaginative boy. I'm a very imaginative boy. I take I take pride in my in my imagination and my ability to create um, compelling scenarios in my brain. Yeah, you have a good vocabulary too. Thank you. Yeah, um, I think sometimes you do take these compelling scenarios a little bit too far, but too far. I'm sorry. Well, you know, like for example, Greg's birthday party when you uh, talked about there being some sort of a weird zombie apocalypse. Well, in my defense, Greg did not invite me to his birthday party, so that was 
a story I told as a way of getting revenge. Yeah, I'm not sure how how well that defense works out. That still makes it sound like you just told the, a story that was a little bit... Okay, we're moving on. Um, so anyway, you have these guidelines or these uh, tips for how to write a good story. You want to you talk about some of them? Yeah, sure. Okay, so number one, I think, was... Oh, yes, it definitely was this. Think before you write your story. A lot of people sit down, they just write stories. You got to think. Okay, you got to sit down. You got to think about your story. Before you pick up your pencil, think about it. What are you going to write? Is there a beginning? Is there a middle? Is there an end? Is it funny? You think about it. Think about all the interesting, cool things that could happen. And then choose the coolest and most interesting from that. And then you start. Then you start your story. Oh, that's pretty good advice, Leo. Yeah, I think you should think about your story before you write it because you know I, I've definitely seen with students they'll they'll start like they'll 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 just want to get it over with so they'll write a couple sentences and they get stuck midway through a sentence and then it's hard and 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 I think if you know what you're going to write before you write it then there's a good well you don't want to know completely because you have to you have to let the story take you somewhere right right Mr. Tom you got to let it take you yeah you're right you got to let it take yeah you, you know you should. You should probably listen to me a little bit more when you're writing your stories. I l- listen to you. Yeah, you mean like like take advice for like I I should read your story tips. Yeah. Well, you're working on the green book, right? Well, I'm I'm in the final editing process. Okay, well, that's good. Read my story tips on tomlangano.com uh and then apply that to your green book of stories. Because honestly, it probably could have worked for red book too. And blue book. You mean if I had read the 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 little 10, 10 tips that you posted for the Boy Stories contest before publishing my books that would have changed the way I had written my books? Absolutely. It it 100% would. Okay. I think that's a little, you know, well, uh, I think we're just going to move on. I I think, you know, you have a little bit of a big head about you because of this Frogman story. Um, that's cool. You told a story and everyone liked it. I, I think that's, that's uh, yeah, it, it's good. And not just everyone liked it. Jeffrey was about to pee his pants. Like, you don't even know how scared you were. Okay, quick congratulations. And I just made it up on the spot. It just came to me. Well, aren't you a genius? Well, I don't know. Maybe I am. Oh, come on, Leo. You're, you're, look, here's, here's what. I want to be a famous writer when I grow up. I want to be a very successful writer. Like, not like you. Like, a really successful one. Like one, like like a writer that people actually know who I am. Well, I mean, I'm not I'm not a super successful writer, but like I've made a career out of it. Okay, yeah. Take your career. Well, okay. For the sake of argument, let's call it a career. Take this, whatever it is, um, and multiply that by about a thousand, and that's the kind of writer that I'm going to be when I grow up. Hey, it's it, it it's good to have dreams, right? I mean. If you want to have dreams, that's that's nice. Maybe ten thousand. I want to be comfortable. Okay, yeah, this is getting this is borderline insulting. I mean, I'm I'm an adult. Uh, that's kind of rude um, to be to be saying that you don't think I have a writing career. Um, I think I do, and and it's it's always growing. So that I also don't have to justify myself to a ten year old um, who has maybe written one story, the Frogman story. I've written many stories. I've written three novels. They're in a drawer in my room right now waiting to be published you've written three novels absolutely yes okay well how how long how long are the novels the first one is 
one and a half notebooks. The second one is two notebooks. And the third one is three notebooks. They get longer. Oh, you mean like the notebooks you use to take notes like in class and stuff? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, that's, you know, I, I mean, that's that's longer than I would have expected. I still don't think those are ever going to be published. Well, that's, I will take your challenge. Okay, cool. Well, I look forward to reading your novels one day, Leo. Thank you. Thank you very much. So anyway, um, as a little, you know, just to, just to say to all those boys who are entering the contest and probably not going to win, um, you should read my tips. Uh, I don't think that they are going to help you because you're probably not going to win. Can you st- No one's going to want to enter the contest if you keep telling them they're not going to win, right? Look, there, there's a lot of grades. Um, we have second through eighth grade, and every single grade is going to have a winner. So, I don't know. That's pretty good chances. Like, yeah, I, I expect we'd get more entries, for example, in fifth grade. But if you're in one of the other grades, maybe the, you know, are you saying there's not a lot of people that are going to enter? Well, I'd, honestly, I have no idea how many people are going to enter, right? It could be five. It could be 500. So if there's five, there's a very good chance that if you enter, you win a prize, right? So you're saying that no one should enter so that the only ones who do will win? Um, I'm not sure. That I'm just saying I'm just saying people should enter, right? But you have all of July. Take some time. Think about your stories. Read the rules. Talk to your parents about it. And then... Write some great stories because you know what? The summer is a wonderful time for enjoying, um, you know, enjoying the outdoors, going on an adventure and just letting your mind wander and wander into stories. When I was younger, I used to do that all the time and I would play with my friends and then I would just invent stories all the time in my head. Well, you sound like you had a very interesting childhood. Look, Leo, I think I probably had a very similar childhood to the one you're talking about with you and your novels in the drawers, okay? Well, I think the novels in my drawers are probably better than the ones that you wrote as a kid. Look, this, why is it a competition? Why does it always have to be a competition with you? I think that you like my stories. Yes, I do like your stories, especially the character of Leo and Timmy and some of the friends, most of the friends. Just not Greg. Greg annoys. Okay, we we know. We we get it. Um, that's fine. So we're going to move on now. I actually have questions from a lot of our podcast listeners for you, and I'm pulling them up because you know I think you haven't been or last time you were on, we weren't able to answer questions, so there are a decent amounts. So we're just going to rocket through them if you don't mind, uh, and then we'll wrap this up. How's that sound? Sounds great. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so first question is from Alan in DC. And Alan wants to know what happened to Mr. M's SCPC. I'm sorry, what? Uh, I, I, he just, I mean, that's that was the question: is what happens to to Mr. M's? There's Alan. It, who 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 is this Alan? Who is Alan? Where is he from? Uh, he's from DC. Okay, Alan from DC. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know who you've been talking to, but there is no SCPC. There is absolute... No, I, okay. Remember in the story, the story there was something with Pickle was going to start Mr. M's SCPC? That never happened. Never happened. 
Alan, I don't think you should ask questions. Oh, that's he's a fan of the podcast. You should let him. Alan, do not ask any more questions. Alan's a boy must know when to ask questions and when not to ask questions. Okay, got it. Get it. Good. Next question. Um, Leo, this this isn't really how question answer works. Normally, what would happen is I ask you a question and you are polite and you answer it and then we move on. You don't go into uh, I I. Look, that's a very sensitive subject for me, especially after the last podcast episode, which, by the way, caused a lot of issues at school with certain things that a friend of mine might or might not have said about a certain SCPC that might or might not be still going on. And okay, you're, I can see you're getting a little bit red and you're twitching. I'm just going to move on. We're not going to talk about SCPC. That's been covered. Um, here's a question that we've had for everyone. My name is Joey Kennedy. I have one for all the characters. The question is, what is their favorite food? Right? So, Leo, Leo, what's your favorite food? And the, the SCPC is not a, no, we're not talking about that. Well, I just want to make it very clear that there's, what's your favorite food? What is your favorite food? I do like pizza. Okay. Leo likes pizza. Great. But I would never eat pizza in the classroom when a teacher is not present, especially not Mr. M's classroom, especially not. Okay, that's fine. Nope, that's all right. That's um, we're going to move on. We're, we're moving on. We don't need to hear about. I know that pizza is pizza is definitely a, a, a food that we would normally eat at the secret classroom party club. If we had a secret, you are digging a hole. You're digging a hole and you're going to stop and we're going to move on. Here's a question from Alex Lethis, all right? I just calm calm down. You're you're good. All right. See look at the window. See that? There's a little bird. A little bird? Watch the bird. Does it make you feel calm? No. No, watching a bird to Okay. A little bit more. Yeah. Oh look. I just went to another branch. Yeah, see? There you go. Hey, that's good advice for anyone out there. You feel feel stressed out? Look at a bird. Okay. This is from Alex Lethis. When and where did Timmy and Leo first meet? That's an excellent question, Alex. I'm I'm curious to know myself. Uh Leo, when when did you and Timmy and when and where did you and Timmy first meet? <sighs> well, Alex, that's a that's a very good question. I remember it like it was yesterday. We were both outside of line in kindergarten on the first day of school. I was third in line. Timmy was fourth in line. Timmy tapped my shoulder, and I turned, and he said, Hi, my name is Timmy. And I said, Hi, my name is Leo. Would you like to be my best friend? And Timmy said, Yes. Okay, so, so that that's it. That's that's the story. Yep, and then we were best friends forever. Oh, well, that's that's very nice. Um... Cool. And you and you remember that? You remember kindergarten? I remember every single day of kindergarten. Wow. That's impressive. I have a very good memory. Okay, apparently. Well, that's that's a that's a sweet story and I'm glad that you and Timmy are still the, you know, your friendship is alive and thriving. Oh, it will be forever. Well, that's that's great. Um and here's the next question. <clears throat> Hi, awesome podcast sir and awesome is in all caps. Uh I have a question for Leo when he is on next. Uh, when are you running away again, Leo? And when you do, please invite me. And also a comment for him. Tell him I seriously respect his and his fellow runaways determination in running away from the tyranny of Mr. L. This is from Greg, but in parentheses, not that Greg. Okay. 
Um, so kind of a couple questions there. I, okay, first of all, this, this Greg needs to know that I am still running away. We are all currently running away and never coming back, right? You should listen to running away part two. I was very clear. Okay, Leo, we're, we know, let, let's, you're not running away. You're sitting right in front. I am running away and I, okay, fine. Let, whatever. You're still running away. Okay. Because I am still running away, Greg, wants to come with us on this running away expedition that we are currently doing, he'll have to uh, send an application in about seven pages, maybe three or four references. Um, there are a couple essay questions. Wait, sorry. You're, you're going to make, you're going to make this boy apply to, to, to run away with you and your group who, by the way, are not really running away. No, yes, he must apply. This is, this is the only way to do it. Look, can you imagine Mr. Tom, if I just said on this podcast, which goes out to who knows how many people, if I just said we can take any boy to run away with me, me and all my cool friends, I mean, well, one or two of them are cool, but that any boy could come, they would be lining up. We would be, they would be flocking to us. There would be crowds and crowds of boys surrounding my house, begging me to run away with them. I have to have some sort of a system to determine who is or is not qualified to run away with us. So that is why there is an application. It's about seven pages long. Take three or four references. There are essay questions. There. Okay, uh, this is really weirdly thought out. Um, what What is one of the essay questions for this uh, application, Leo? Okay. In the event that a bear attacks you in the middle of the night, how do you respond? Answer in three complete sentences. <laughs> Oh, just just three complete sentences. That's um. Well, concision is important if you want to come run away with us. Uh, I think that look, you know, I feel I'm I'm sensing a little bit of sarcasm. Like you don't like you don't think that that I'm running away. Well, I I know you're not running away, and I, this this whole application system seems insane to me. You can send your application to P.O. Box four. On, no, no, mm -mm, moving on. Okay. Uh, this is from Joaquin in Maryland. Uh, what is Leo's favorite movie or TV show? Okay. Um, well, I don't actually enjoy TV or movies. And I occasionally watch them when with friends. But I wouldn't say that I had a favorite. Wow, that's that's really strange for someone uh, at your age. So you don't you don't like TV or movie? Well, sometimes I do, but I just oftentimes I get bored, right? Um, I am so interested in my imagination, right? If I'm watching a movie or a TV show, I'm watching someone else's imagination, and sometimes that's interesting, sometimes it's not. But when I read a book, I am in their imagination. And I'm using my imagination too, right? So rather than watch TV or look at screens, I read constantly. I want to read everything that's ever been written. I want to read every story from everyone because I want to be a great writer and I want to have a great brain and I want to be a great person. Wow, Leo, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a really, um, that's an impressive sentiment. And I, I gotta say, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty impressed by that yes i need a great brain uh and i read because i am better than everyone else 
No, wait. That would let's let's back up. You're you're you read and and you don't watch TV and you don't have a favorite TV show because you read so much. Let's let's leave it at that. No, no. But I read so much and that makes me better than everyone. No, no, it doesn't. No, that's well. Okay, take for example Albert. We all know Albert. Albert sits in his basement and plays video games for who knows how long. And his brain is probably the size of a small pea. Now my brain. Okay, no, no, no. Moving on. Uh, that is not. Uh, let's not comment on Albert's behavior. Um, well, Albert doesn't listen to this podcast. He's too busy playing video games. Okay, Leo, just because you re- reading is great. Okay, reading is awesome. It makes you a better writer, makes you a better, you know, the, the, all these things. I, I totally, totally agree with what you said up to a point, but reading does not make you better than other people. It, it doesn't work like that. Well, why not? Well, for one, uh, it doesn't sound like you have a lot of humility, and that's important, right? It's important to have humility. Um, like, you're definitely... That uh, you're not willing any winning any humility points by by saying things like that, and it I think it, it betrays a little bit of immaturity if you're gonna if you're gonna say that you're just uh, you're better than people like that. I mean, that's not that's not a normal thing for people to say. Okay. Okay. What about this? I'm better than most people, right? Especially people my age. Now there are people like Timmy that I would say I was not better than because we're kind of on the same plane because we're best friends. Most everyone else I'm better than. Oh, nope, we're moving on. Okay, you're not going to learn that. You'll learn that lesson later in life. Um, We have recorded messages, right? Okay, we have some recorded messages for you right now. So I'm going to play the first one, and this is one that we played last week on the podcast. This is from a boy named Luca in California. My third is for Leo. Where did you get the idea for Frogman, and do you think that was the best story you could come up with at the time? I really liked it. Okay, Luca, uh, thank you for your question. That was an excellent question. Yeah, it sounds like he, uh, he really liked the story. Yes, he did. He, this, this boy has excellent taste in stories. Um, was it the best story I could come with at the time? Yes. Yes, it was. Because you see, Luca, I have such a big brain that it's always working at top power. Like it's like a it's like a fact like a machine like like chugging away, um like like a computer or a um or a train or maybe an airplane or a rocket ship. I think Leo, I think you should choose your analogy um, because it's very confusing. What I'm trying to say is, I love making things up on the spot. Um, I thought that. I could make up a story on the stump and it would it would grow from there. And so that's what I did. I didn't really plan it. It's good to plan stories too. But I just went with it. And I'm glad you really liked it. Okay, good. Uh thank you. Thank you, Leo. And we have one more um one more question. Hi, Mr. Tom. This is Joseph Anderson from Wisconsin. I have a question for Leo. Uh, Leo, uh, why are you always the leader but not Greg? I think Greg should have a chance to be the leader since Greg is, is uh, has obviously some more tactics than you, like hunting and stuff like that. All right, so it sounds like Joseph um, thinks that maybe Greg should be a leader more, more than you, Leo. Uh, what do you say to that? First of all, I did not choose to be the leader. I just am the leader in most cases. Maybe not all. I am a natural leader. 
the boys come to me for guidance, and I give it to them. Okay, I want to know Joseph. By the way, not sure if I like this question. I want to know Joseph how you would define a tactic, because Greg does not have tactics. Greg has. I don't know what Greg has. Greg has a lot of things to say, and none of them ever make sense. He has a very loud voice. That is what he has. People listen to Greg because he is loud. People listen to me because I have ideas. I have plans. Okay, I have plans and ideas. Greg has nothing. Greg has a loud voice. He has no tactics. Don't listen to Greg when he says he's a hunter. He is not a hunter. He knows nothing about hunting. Right? He couldn't hunt anything. If I said, Greg, you need to hunt.、Uh, A bunny that is in a cage in your backyard, he would not be able to catch that bunny. When he tried to hunt that bunny, the bunny would go free and it would run away. That is Greg hunting. Look,、uh, I don't think it's fair for you to talk about Greg's hunting skills when he's not here in the room.、Um, so let's let's maybe stay on top. So what, what about you being a leader? Huh? That's that's interesting. So so、um, I think jo- Joseph was saying that he thinks that you are a leader.、Um, But maybe Greg could be a leader. Maybe you can give Greg a shot to be a leader sometimes too. Look, I did. I, I didn't choose to be the leader. I just am. I am a leader of men. I take them to the woods. We run away. I take them to the trenches. We fight. I am a leader of soldiers. I am a general. Greg is a leader of nothing. Greg could not lead a batch of wet socks. Right. I could throw him a whole pile of wet socks and say, "Lead these wet socks," and he wouldn't know what to do with them. Look, I. What would you do with, with a pile of wet socks? What are? Why are we talking about? What I would lead those socks just like I lead men. You're really fired up about this. This is a topic that does fire me up. I do not appreciate that this boy believes that Greg has tactics. Has he not read trench warfare? I. This boy needs to read the blue book of stories. He clearly has not. Okay, I think he probably has read the blue book.、Um, and I think we're gonna we're gonna end it there. I think maybe you can go home, relax. Why don't you write some stories? Write some of these ideas down,、uh, and maybe you can submit them for the boy stories contest, Leo.、Um, look, I can't submit stories to your contest because if I do, I will win all of the prizes. You can't win all the prizes because there's a different prize for each grade. Okay. You'd have to submit in all the grades. Well, maybe I will. Well, that would be cheating. Okay, that is all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for listening.、Um, and again, boy stories writing contest going on right now. Time to write those great stories that are in your heads. Send them in,、um, and all that information is on the link in the description to this episode. Thanks for coming in, Leo.、Um, I hope you have a great afternoon. You too. Thanks for having me. Remember, Frogman is at large. Is he?、Um, well, sure. Yeah, Frogman's out there, and watch out. This has been a Boy Stories podcast production, written and performed by the author Tom Longano. The Red Book of Stories and the Blue Book of Stories are available on Amazon.com. You can also get signed author copies on TomLongano.com. This podcast has been produced by the legendary George Martin and. If you like the podcast, please do leave a rating and a review, whether on the Apple Podcast site or if you like the stories, you can leave a rating and a review on Amazon. We read all the reviews, and、uh, we really, really appreciate them. 
Uh, please do share with friends as well. And if you have any questions uh, for Tom Langano or any of the characters and you'd like your question to be featured on a podcast, uh, you can email Tom Langano through the contact portal on TomLangano.com. You can also record a voice message on Anchor and then you will get your voice on the podcast. Very exciting. Thank you so much for listening. This has been so much fun for us and we hope it is just as much fun for you. See you next time.